What is up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. How y'all feel? It's been a minute. It's been a while, but it feels good to be back, y'all. feels so good to be back. I had a crazy month. Um, celebrated Christmas. We had our New Year's Eve or New Year's conference. Uh, we actually recorded that podcast episode with Pastor Byron during that time. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Got a lot of great feedback off of that. And uh, I got sick on New Year's Eve. And so I was out for a minute, but I'm back. Uh, went to Vegas, had the Christ Connect conference, came back, celebrated a friend's wedding. It's been a busy, busy month. And so, but I'm excited for uh, this episode. I'm excited for all that's going to happen. We got an exciting guest on today's episode. The topic's going to be juicy. It's going to be good. It's going to be fruitful. And uh, yeah, it feels so good, man. I hope everything is going with well with you guys. Hope your year is going the way you wanted it to go. Hope you guys started off on a great note. I know I've been uh, I've been enjoying this year. It's been a great past couple of weeks, two three weeks, and uh, I'm ready to get back into this. So uh, let's get into it. I think uh, today's episode is going to be special because uh, I got a friend on the show, and uh, she's an amazing individual. And uh, I'm excited about the topic we're going to be talking about a little bit. And uh, she's just an extraordinary person. Uh, she's a visionary. She has a servant's heart. Uh, she cares for people. Uh, she, uh, she, she's, she's, she loves adventure. She loves to travel. Uh, she's just a great person, great personality, loves to laugh, great sense of humor. And I'm excited what she's going to bring to the table. So, uh, yeah, we, we have with us today, Hannah. What is up, Hannah? How are you doing? What's up, Abu? I'm doing good. Yeah? How's it being here? Yeah. How's your evening going? It's going good so far. That's good. That's good. Good to hear. Well, we're really excited to have you on Shaping the Culture. I'm excited for everything you're going to uh, be talking about today. I know you got a lot of wisdom in you. And, so, and we're going to be talking about, would you say it's controversial or I don't know? What I don't know. What I, I don't know. What's brewing in your heart? But I'm gonna be shaking the table. That's what's happening. Hey, there you go. There you go. That's what's up. So, give us a little bit. Um, just let us know who you are. Tell us. Um, you know, kind of like your upbringing, your background, your faith story, and uh, we'll just we'll just take it from there. For sure. So I am. 21, I'm Alba Shaw, of course. Hey. Um, yeah, I'm a PK, so I grew up in the church, mm. and um, one of five, so I have a big family, um, and grew up in North Carolina, so okay. didn't really have a lot of Alba Shaw community out there, mm. so I guess it was kind of like a smaller scale of what like bigger cities that bigger Abishad churches kind of went through but um, yeah I feel like growing up in the church that closely um, as a PK yeah. it's kind of shaped how I understood the gospel and like my relationship with God and mm. I realize that more now as I've gotten older and like not broke away from the church but broke away from like I don't know like growing up Christianity was more of like my parents thing that's what mm. they raised me under and there's yeah. a point where you kind of break out from that and you find it for yourself and so um, through that journey I kind of understood 
a lot of how my upbringing and my culture ended up being like a hindrance to my understanding of God and wow. my understanding of the gospel. And so I think that has been a really interesting journey of like unlearning certain things and um, yeah. kind of like opening my eyes to God's truth and like realizing certain things that I held as truth were So when did um when did it hit you that a lot of what you believed to be true wasn't necessarily the the Bible or the scriptures or God's actual ways, uh, but culture and just kind of like your upbringing. Mm-hmm. So I would say college was an experience that kind of like shook that for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, in college, you're not sheltered, you know, like you were at home. So I was exposed to, you know, quote-unquote worldly people that, you know, my parents would always say, like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. stay away from, like, so, you know, it was inevitable that I was exposed to certain things. Yeah. And I think being around certain people, making friends with different kinds of people, and kind of understanding the world mm-hmm. helped me in a weird way, understand God more. Wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so, like, I think understanding more that I was no different than the people that, like, you know, growing up I would see as, like, you know, not that I was better than that, I was just so different from these people because mm. I knew God and I was Christian, but yeah. the more that I around those kind of people I realized there's literally no difference between me and you and we make the same mistakes we you know cry over the same things yeah. the same things make us happy like at the end of the day I, I think that kind of just made me realize I'm human like yeah straight up and then that opened my eyes to like okay then the only thing that does make me different is that you know I received you know Christ and that is what, it's not a quick scene, but that is what qualifies me, you know? Mm, yeah. Not who I, you know, that I was born under this, like, I'm Christian or whatever. And so yeah. that was kind of the humbling experience that I needed. Yeah. No, that's so real. I think that's, like, the gospel right there is that, you know, yep. the only thing that qualifies us is the blood of Jesus. Like, there's nothing we could mm-hmm. do. There's nothing we could say. There's no parents that we could have. There's no position we can attain that can earn us, like, salvation. Um, Mm. The only thing that will ever do it is the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Um, That's so good. Uh, What what was that process like? Yeah, what, what, for, so was this, like, immediate, or was it, like, throughout your college journey, just year in and year out, you're like, wow, like, there's not a lot of differences and how did you cope with that, re- like, newfound reality that there aren't a lot of differences? Did it kind of make you feel like a sinner? Did you question your faith a little bit? Like, what what was that journey like for you? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a gradual 
understanding. I think it was more of a gradual, like, I felt like I was taking me through a process of, like, mm. kind of opening my eyes, you know? So it was a whole new way of thinking. And then, but once I got it, it was literally like a light bulb went off. Mm. And, like, that was an experience, like, whoa. And it was literally just understanding the gospel straight up. And yeah. it was actually, um... In my college town, I was going to a new church, and uh, the pastor had written a book. And I read the book, and he was doing the sermon series along with the book. Mm. And so it kind of went along the lines of, like, there's this, like, circle of, um, what do you call it? It was, like, this, basically a circle that explained the gospel. And yeah. he was saying that, first, you know, knowing that, finding your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then knowing who you are in Him, and then you, um, no, it's first understanding God, just understanding who He is, and then you understand who you are, and then you're able to, you know, realize what you're called for, and then mm. in turn do that. And so that circle of like knowing Him, knowing yourself, and then doing what you're called, understanding what, you know, your purpose. And it was like just simplified in like literally three circles on the like, in one circle, and I'm like, okay, like, I don't know, <laughs> it just made everything so simple for me, yeah. and then, um, so once I kind of had that realization, I think it was more freeing than anything, mm. um, so I think before I was so caught in this, like, rigid, like, as a Christian, you're supposed to have it together, you're supposed to, you know be a certain way yeah. and anytime I fell short of that I was like paralyzed by shame or like condemnation mm. and that came from my culture wow. and the way that viewed sinners and you know I didn't understand grace I didn't understand mm. like you know I'm human and yeah. you know and then you know of course uh, you know just that we, we sin by nature like yeah. There isn't any kind of, like, we didn't have that kind of understanding, you know? Yeah. Um, we weren't so, like, when we make mistakes or whenever we fall short, we did we weren't met with, like, love. It was mm. always, like, judgment and um, shame. And so yeah. I think that caused me for a lot of my life to, like, protect um and think that if I didn't have it all together, that I wasn't worthy to, you know, to show myself as a Christian or to be proud of, you know, you know, being a Christian. And, right. You know, there just wasn't the gospel straight up. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, you know what's crazy within, like, our culture? Um, I feel like one of the reasons why we're, you know, so judgmental or so condescending is because we're unaware of the grace that we need for ourselves. And I feel like in a lot of ways, um, we hold people not to God's standards, but like our own standards. And it's so easy to judge somebody when you hold them according to your standards, because you will do great at your own standards, right? Because you created it. So if you have, let's say, I don't know, whatever you're like X, Y, Z, right. And you are great at performing X, Y, Z. But as soon as somebody fails at that, uh, you're quick to judge them. But if you were to look at it from God's 
uh, point of view or God standard, there's like A to X, right? Like, and you fail at every single one of them or you fall short at least in um, one of them, if not all of them. And we totally ignore that. And so um, why do you think, I mean, you know, I think, I mean, being a PK growing up in the church, um, you're exposed to a lot. Uh, why do you think our culture has just kind of like missed the gospel or hasn't really truly grasped this understanding of grace? Mm. I think honestly it starts with this idea that we can't be weak. Mm. Um, as you know, there's a lot of putting on a face. Yeah. And like for me, church was where I put my best face on, and Mm. you know you don't you don't mess up. You don't you know you you want church people to think you're this like perfect PK or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. and like that carries on into every other area of your life. And then you feel like when you mess up, you can't like people can't see that. Yeah. and then your idea, like for me, my idea of church was like this, it wasn't a place where I would run to when I mess up. It wasn't, mm. you know, I don't go to church people whenever mm. um, I need help or whatever. I would run away from that because I knew that was what I'd be met with. And, yeah. Um, we don't have that transparency, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's pushed a lot of people out of church and, yeah. you know, we really missed opportunity to like reach out and mm-hmm. you know help and heal and you know bring in so many people and said it's pushing out people from and, and I mean that's when I really started to notice it yeah that's right like oh yeah um what what do you think what do you think irks you the most when it comes to that reality that a people don't understand that you know you could be weak that you can fall that you can fail that that isn't attached to your identity um and then in return having that push people away in the church and not letting not fostering a, a, a place of transparency and vulnerability. Like, what what about all of that do you think frustrates you the most? Mm-hmm. Um, I think since they engage having such a, like, close view of the church from, like, you know, sharing for my dad. Yeah. Um, I saw, like, before, I guess, um, early on in my relationship with my dad, like, I'd see my dad as a pastor first. And mm. so I really started to hold him as such a high pedestal. Wow. Yeah. And I think it was when I started to see my dad as a human <laughs> and realizing, like, you know, the people that we held, like, in the church and, like, at such a high esteem are people yeah. straight up, like, just like me, just yeah. like all of us. And they make mistakes, too. Like, they're... You know, they're not perfect. And right. I would say, okay, well, if they're struggling with the same, like, you know, some of them struggle with some of the things that we struggle with, like, why pretend? Why, right. you know, why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we 
ask, you know, like, why did we have to ask, like, we don't, like, we're hired because, Mm. you know, we're in the church, or we're hired because we're Christian now. And that, for me, and if I never really had that mindset, and I think that mindset kind of pushed me back, and I didn't ever feel good enough Mm. to be, you know, I didn't feel good enough for God. I didn't feel good enough for Christianity. Wow. It was, like, the one thing that was, like, really a barrier between me and God was something that was never, like, intended to be there in the first place. Like, it was really created by culture. Yeah. And I realized, like, I recognized that. Be- how it trickled down for our generation and, like, yeah. really been affecting other people as well. Be- before you realized that, um, can you get into like how that affected your relationship with God? Did you kind of like fall away altogether? Did you just want nothing to do with God? Uh, like, wh- like, how did you process Christianity and God in light of all of what you just said? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I guess the way I would be like fearful of, you know, like, older Christians' like opinions or just the church's opinion and like yeah. their judgment, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. I view God that same way. So mm. to me God is a judge. Um yeah. and they didn't allow me to see him as a gracious father mm. or as someone who had mercy on me, who understood me, who loved me regardless, you know? Yeah. Um so it changed really like my perspective of God for sure. Yeah. Um, and then so, if, you know, I was struggling or I was messing up or, like, I wasn't okay, God wasn't who I would run to because I was, I didn't feel worthy. Um, yeah. And so I'd run away. And, yeah. like, when I see that now, I'm like, wow, like, that enemy got exactly what he wanted. Like, mm. somebody who's weak and vulnerable and, like, they're running straight into, like, my arms and not his and then yeah. so it just didn't it didn't it it didn't allow me to see God the way you know he truly is mm. so yeah so let me ask you this so going through this journey in college uh realizing that <laughs> Avisha folk. I mean, I don't want to just say Avisha folk. I feel like America, like every culture does this. There's, a, they, you know, we yeah. worship our culture before we worship God or our, the way we want God to be. That's the version we worship God, right? And so instead of, uh, you know, instead of realizing we're made in his image, we, pri- we try to put God in our own image and worship that version of who God is. Mm-hmm. So you go, you go through this journey of realizing, wow, uh, this isn't who God actually is and you start learning the gospel, you start understanding who he is. And in light of that, learning who you are um, and you just start falling in love with this God, uh, the God of the Bible. What, what does that look like coming back into the Avisha context? Like what, like how do you, cause I, I'll, I'll give you my like little personal like testimony. So I remember when I first started realizing that, Man, I, like I personally straight up felt lied to in a lot of ways. I felt just like yeah. manipulated. I felt um, 
I don't know. I just felt like they took advantage of our, I don't, I don't know how to like put it into words. Just kind of like our desire to know God and just kind of twisted it and just gave us an incorrect picture. I don't know. There's just a lot of emotions going on. And I remember I was angry, like for the longest with the, with the Ethiopian church. And I remember like, I, I didn't realize this till after the fact, but I remember there was a season where I just felt like nobody in the Avisha community knew God or like nobody in the Avisha community like knew the Bible or had a real understanding of the gospel. And that like resulted in me not taking the Avisha church seriously. That resulted in me not taking my parents seriously. That resulted in me taking mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, and I, and I had to like repent of a lot of that and realize how dramatic that was. And, you know, coming back, there's like a whole situation. Yeah. But, but what was your journey? Like, so like realizing who the actual got, like, were you kind of, yeah, like, did you have a similar response or what, what was that like for you? Um, it was it was a lot different to be honest. It it, it made me not pity, mm. but I kind of felt bad because I knew what kind of bondage that was wow. like for me. Live, trying to live up to that, yeah, and realizing how wrong I was, and then I was like, wait a minute, like first of all, I was thankful that I even realized, you know, mm. like, I felt kind of felt like I woke up, wow. and then. It almost feels like a duty for me to, like, share that, you know? Yeah. And, like, I see how ingrained it is, like, how really deeply rooted it is um, in a lot of our parents and a lot of our, you know, um, and the people in the church. And, um, I don't know, I just, I, I feel like we have an obligation, you know, to kind of not to kind of uh, question that. Yeah, definitely. And kind of bring that to their attention, you know, and like yeah, I don't know. Just open wide. So yeah, for sure. So I I know I have a lot of friends that have like left the faith because. I, I don't know if I want to even say left. I think they've left the cultural faith thinking it was the actual faith. And yeah. uh, it's like, yeah. Um, do you have friends like that? And how are conversations with them like now knowing the truth? Mm-hmm. I definitely know a lot of people like that, um, even family. Mm. And I, I almost get excited because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, you don't really know, though, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's something so different. Yeah. Um, and I hate that, you know, so many people have represented Jesus in such a, like, wrong way. Yeah. And that now they hold, like, that one experience with the church, or, like, you know, their experiences now will forever, like, you know, represent Christ to them. And mm. it'll always send them away from them. Yeah. So, it excites me that I can, you know, share that. And I know, you know, a lot of people either trust my, you know, like it, they can see that it comes from an authentic and genuine place. And yeah. I, I don't take that for granted that I have that kind of, you know, access and I have that kind of, you know, like influence and mm-hmm. a lot of us do, you know? Yeah. That's so real. 
I'm excited that you see it that way. That's like really encouraging. I, I, uh, I like told you this, uh, but I'm gonna just share this with like my the listeners as well. So, um, my youth girls, I don't know where they saw you, or I don't know when. I think this is like around Midwest time. Um, they like got to chat with you or what have you, and when we got back to Minnesota, this was like yeah in Denton. That's where Midwest was this past year. But, like, yeah, when we got back to Minnesota, they were like, oh, my gosh, like, we love Hanna. Oh, my gosh, like, Hanna is so amazing. Like, oh, my gosh, I want to be like Hanna. And I'm like, what did Hanna do? Like, <laughs> fill me in. <laughs> and they were just, they were just like, explaining how you, you just carried yourself with, like, class and poise. And you were able to navigate both worlds, like, the, the unbelieving world and the believing world. And you knew how to love people that didn't believe what you believed or thought like you thought or you just knew how to carry yourself. And I think in a lot of ways, like we don't know how to carry ourselves um, when when it comes to uh, a context that looks a little bit different than the context we would prefer or a context we feel more comfortable in. Um, and I, and I need to ask you how, how do you do that? And where did you learn how to do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I'm, I don't know that, that, that touches my heart because I don't know, it's been a long, long time coming and it's been a long road <laughs> to get here, but yeah, I think honestly it's like a, a mixture of things. And I think the fact that I grew up in North Carolina, of all places, there wasn't a lot of hobby shots. Okay. So that kind of helped me to not be so, I don't know, it wasn't as strong out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though I'm still in the Amisha church, just it was a, a lot of us. And I think early on in my life, I kind of like, not left the church, but wasn't really in the church as much. So yeah. I think that that was kind of a big part of it. And I think a lot of just my personality. Um, I think just being, like I can't, I wish that culture and my personality just really doesn't mix. Um, <laughs> I'm a very transparent, vulnerable person. I really pride myself in just being genuinely me. Mm. And I try to be the same person like regardless of where I am yeah um and that's good I really think it's important to just you know be um open in my like my weaknesses yeah. and I think I have so much strength in that and I've seen how many people like admire that mm. because it's really hard for a lot of people to do especially in our culture like it's like the opposite of it like you know that that is the worst thing in our culture like <laughs> oh my gosh like why why would you be open about that like why would you let other people know that you know like they feel like people have a one up on them but mm, you know yeah they see that as ultimate weakness but I'm just thankful that like I didn't I guess my perspective has been um guarded like I feel kind of innocent in that way that I see it but like God sees it you know like yeah just being like real and one thing that would really really bother me is that like um in our culture I feel like we were more we were raised to be more concerned of what like people knew what we were doing mm. than if God knew you know wow. like people really became our God like wow. as long as no one knows 
as long as this person doesn't know, it doesn't matter. But, you know, like, I really had to check myself, like, yeah. who does it really matter? Like, at the end of the day, who really matters? Who, right. you know? Right, Yeah. I think it's a mixture of, you know, personality, um, my experiences <laughs> growing up. Yeah. And, God. Uh, all praise yeah. the most high, yeah. <laughs> Straight up, man. Like, I'm so thankful for it, though, to yeah. be honest. There's no other kind of way I want to live. Yeah, I mean, you said something so powerful. You said, like, there's, like, power in vulnerability and showing your weaknesses. Um, yeah. With, like, people that didn't believe or don't believe what you believe, like, how, how would they respond to you being real about your shortcomings? Um, what I've seen from experience, mm. I see a lot of people envy that mm. because they see me and they see I'm really just free in who I am. Yeah. And, like, it really doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but at the end of the day, it's something we just see and respect because what else can you do, you know? Yeah. Like, nobody can tell me who I am. Nobody can, right. you know, try to, like, guilt me on anything because I'm just straight up with it. Like, I'm, it's, everything is out here. And honestly, it's not, I do it less for myself, but more for seeing how toxic it is to pretend mm. to be a certain way and to put out my best and never show, you know, where I'm short or where I'm struggling and where I'm still working on. Yeah. Um, I see how that's been really toxic for me. Yeah. You know, people, you know the old, older people, the people I look up to. And then, like, whenever I actually see who they are or whenever they fall short, it really shatters, like, mm. my idea of them and I, like, question everything, you know? I had that experience with my parents. And, like, I think we've all had, like, well, most of us have those, like, moments. But that moment when we realize, like, oh, my God, my parent is a human being. Like, they're <laughs> yeah. not perfect. Especially, like, because they're Christian, you know? Yeah. And so... I think it's so important for other people to see, like, you know, you're just embracing your weaknesses, embracing, like, you know, your journey, and being, like, straight up about, like, you know, I have all figured out, and, like, yeah. you know, this yeah. is a, like, God, they get to see God's glory, honestly, because yeah. they see it's not you, it's really Him working, and... Yeah. That's so good. Paul Paul says, like, I boast in my weaknesses because when I am weak, then he is strong, you know? Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. That's awesome. What what advice would you give to somebody that's either, like, struggling to be vulnerable about their weaknesses um, or just being upfront with themselves first and foremost about their weaknesses? Like, how do you, how would you walk them through uh, you know, being a person that's unashamed of their weaknesses and knowing that there's grace for them. Yeah, I think, well, for me, it's a lot of experience of, like, just being, like, being real with myself and being, like you said, being real with yourself first and then being real with God mm-hmm. and, like, kind of understanding that, like, you know, God can't work with who I pretend to be or mm. who I think I am, mm. you know? That's and, a word. Like, actually, 
<laughs> Come on, man. That too. <laughs> like, I was like, wait, like, there was a certain point where I, like, realized, um, you know, I have an idea of myself in my head of who I want to be, mm-hmm. but, like, who the heck am I really, like, you know? Right, right. And just breaking down those, like, just getting deep and, like, first of all, like, doing that with God, you know, because, you know, we can be really insecure and, like, go through that in the world and it breaks you down and really leaves you in a dark place. But knowing that there's only good can come out of that. Yeah. And God can really, really, really finally work in you and, you know, show you who you are and give you a new identity and, like, give you a confidence like no other and a yeah. freedom like no other, to be honest. So, yeah. That's so I just get real with God. That's and real. You know, don't let fear hold you back from, you know, what God can really do. Yeah. And what God wants to do. That's so good. That's so good. I like, that reminds me of a story in the Bible. Um, it was like 10 leopards and they, uh, they heard that Jesus was coming to town and um, they, they went to him to try to get healing, you know, and What's ironic about the culture of the day was, you know, leopards weren't allowed to be in the public uh, spaces, public square, because, um, you know, just touching a leopard, you could, you know, be infected and get sick. And so it's interesting if they wanted to come out in the public, they would literally have to wear ripped clothing. Their hair had to be unkept. And when they would step into a place, they would have to yell, hey, I'm a leopard, right? Like they literally would have to announce, a leopard, sorry. They would have to announce like, I am, I am sick, you know, I am diseased, right? And it's so dope because like when they were like calling for Jesus, um, Jesus didn't respond to them like when he heard them. Like he, he heard them but he responded when he saw them like as they were and like what evoked like a response from God was like really looking at them as they were and not just hearing them out. And I feel like in a lot of ways, like, you know, we're praying from a distance, you know, hoping that God wouldn't see us. Um, but God can't heal what you don't reveal and uh, God can't help you if um, you're not seen. And so I, I was just moved by that story because what moved God was um, seeing them as they were and not just hearing their heart, hearing their prayer, hearing their cry. And yeah. I, I feel like a lot of us in the church, like we're, we're hiding a lot of who we are, even to ourselves, you know? And so um, that's so good. I, I, I think like... Um, our, our culture like really struggles with like acceptance and struggles with uh, worth and security. Um, and I, and I, I know you got like a background in psychology. Uh, so you, so let me, let me ask you this, like what, what would help, especially like what I love is you're not, you know, I mean, you're also a Christian and you have that worldview as well. Um, and so like, what would you say to somebody that, is struggling to see their worth and their brokenness. Mm-hmm. I think 
I have Favishas. Um, mm-hmm. Our work is so tied up in our works mm. and Talk about you know it. what we do and you know our accomplishments and you know if if it's in the church you know when we serve you know then we're mm. good enough and yeah when you strip all that away what really matters is your heart yeah. that's all that matters to God you know like the core of you. Um, and understanding who you are and him and how he sees you it really like I had to get to a place where it really didn't matter what anyone else thought of me yeah but I truly valued like how God like how God saw me yeah and that's like it just has like that that's what needs to matter at the end of the day that's good you know all those things really fall away like you know school Mm-hmm. You know, our relationships with our family, everything, like, that we hold at such a high esteem, like, one day it's gonna, like, it's gonna fall short, it's gonna disappoint us, or, it's, like, it's gonna go away. Yeah. And what do we have then, you know? Yeah. No, that's good. That's so good. Yeah, it's so sad how much of our identity is tied with, like, our performance or our jobs or mm-hmm. what school we went to or the GPA we attained, um, who we're dating and what car we're driving and where we're living. Um, yeah. But it's funny because all those things could be taken away from you, like you said. Um, they're not mm-hmm. eternal. So if we, we have to define our worth and our identity in something mm-hmm. other than that. You know, something more constant yeah. than that. That's awesome. Um, so what, so just wrapping up here, what, what advice would you give somebody that's in the Abisha culture that um, is struggling to be real with themselves, struggling to even want to follow Jesus? Maybe their understanding of God is tinted or it's um it's 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 not pure it's it's tainted by the culture it's tainted by um their upbringing it's tainted by um something other than what it really is like how what would you say to that person like let's say you're you're talking to a friend that is just wrestling with god trying um trying to make sense of it all like what would you say to that person I think I would say what God said to me when I was at like at that mm. you know at that point in my life like God is here to give us rest you know wow. um, I feel like all of us are really tired yeah of trying trying and trying to like fix ourselves or to to find happiness or to find peace or to find whatever it is like yeah to really come to understand what we're all searching for something. Yeah. Um, we're all broken. Like, no matter how put together we look on, like, on the outside. Yeah. Everybody's hurting. Everybody is broken. Everybody's dealing with something. Yeah. But literally, the one and only source of peace, the only source of rest, the only source of healing, like, true, true healing is founding Christ 100% and just as much as like you know we want to find that he wants to you know reveal himself to us and mm. there's no other love like that period that's real and so I think that's really where everything else flows from and starts after that so that's yeah. all good 
That that reminds me um, of Romans where it says, you know, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And, you know, oftentimes we try to scare people into salvation and uh, or we like preach the wrath of God or we talk about how God is upset with our sin. And I mean, there's a place for all of that. But I think what really draws us to him is his love and his gentleness and um, just his grace. And so I love what you said there that, you know, there there's this aspect to God uh, that will. Uh, meet us where we are and heal us mm. where we are. So that's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Any last uh, any last things you want to say or any last advice or tidbits you want to drop? Mm. I think I said it all. Um, <laughs> said it all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you though. Yeah. Of. Of course. Thanks for being on here. Um, thank you for being real with your journey and your story and uh, for being open to share um, who God means to you. Like That can be a vulnerable yeah. thing, but to open that up for us, it means a lot. Thank you so much. Of course. All right. Well, until next time, <laughs> <laughs> peace and grace. Thanks, yeah. All right. Peace and blessings. For sure. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Well, there you have it. That is Hannah killing it with the wisdom, killing it with the two cents. I really appreciated uh, her ability to just be really vulnerable and open with her experiences. And um, I think uh, that's something we can all learn uh, from her. And so, for yeah, for anybody who's just Abisha, uh, that is Christian and is just, or was a Christian or was, grew up in the church and just struggling to really, um, believe in God or understand God or, uh, trust in his ways. Um, I really like encourage you to, uh, evaluate what about God do you have issues with or what about God do you have a hard time believing in? And, and I say that because a lot of the times, like what, what ended, what ended up happening in our context, and I don't want to say this about all of us at churches, but as I do talk to friends from just across the States, it's a pretty consistent thing. Uh, it was a lot of culture that was preached. And so uh, my heart is that we're able to discern, okay, how much of this is actually God and how much is this is just our culture, right? Uh, me and my friends always talk and we, uh, we always, uh, you know, we always joke around about this idea that, you know, our parents growing up, you know, like the, the culture we live in, it almost seemed like they didn't really even want us uh, to be real Christians. Like as long as we got good grades, as long as we didn't get high, we didn't drink, get drunk, uh, they were good with that as long as we were decent kids, right? But as, as, as soon as we started taking God seriously, as soon as we started being sold out for this, as soon as we started saying things like, I want to go into ministry, it was a different conversation, right? And so why is that? What What is it that they really what did they really expect out of us? And so, um, and I challenge you guys too to talk to your parents, talk to your parents, uh, talk to some friends, and get the conversation going. Um, and I hope you you have a you have a space where you can be vulnerable with where you're actually at, so that you can meet God uh, where you are. Uh, and so, hope you learn a thing or two as we say every episode. Uh, this is just to get the conversation going. I hope this turns some wheels and some minds. Um, 
excited about what we have for you guys going forward listen we only got a few more episodes left in season two got like three four more episodes we're going to drop and then we're going to take a hiatus because we're going to plan for season three and season three is going to be bigger and better yo thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening we really appreciate all the support we do this for you guys we love y'all um hope you have a blessed day blessed evening we're at whatever time it is that you're listening to this um and so until next time peace and grace family